Thank you. Thanks, Josh. That was unreal, mate. Flex your faith muscles. We can go home on that word right there, but we won't just yet because we need to be here for a little bit longer because God's got some things to do, some more to reveal to us. Who's had a good time this morning so far? That was. Who's had a good time this morning? Bless the Lord. Coffee's on after, after church too, so hang around for that. Uh, just quick, mum and dad aren't here this morning, if you didn't notice. We're doing right without them, aren't we? They're probably watching. We're doing good? I'm sure, I'm sure they're blessed by watching and having a good day. Actually, over in Perth, um, Margaret Court, I think it was her 80th birthday today. So they're over there. Um, spending time with her, celebrating her special milestone in her life. Um, and they're really great mates and friends, have been for a long, long time. So it's only right that they're over there with them celebrating. And um, obviously they're having church on Sunday. It's going to be a really great day and time for them away. Bless the Lord. Um, we're going to spend a bit of time in Corinthians today. Quite a bit actually. Well, the time we've got left, but we won't be bouncing around too much in, in, in the scriptures, but just really hammering in on a big chunk of, of Corinthians, particularly ch- uh, 1 Corinthians. But before we do that, we're going to have a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Um, and you know this scripture well. It's one we've heard a lot. But who knows that we need to keep hearing this stuff? Who knows that we need to keep hearing this stuff? Come on. What comes when we hear things? Faith. But what do we need to hear? The Word. Amen? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? So this, this scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... Do we have anyone in Christ here this morning? If there is anyone who is in Christ, he is a new creation. Man, that is a good word. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Is that a good word? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for this word this morning. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you for what you've already done in our, in our presence, in our lives here this morning. Lord, we thank you for the miracles. We thank you for the healings. We thank you, Father, that people have been set free, Lord, particularly in the area of their mind, Lord God, around torment, Father God, around fear, around anxiety, Lord. We just thank you that today, Lord, that has been broken off them in Jesus' name. But, Father, we're also excited, Lord, for what you're going to do in our lives through this word. So, Father, I just thank you that we're open to it, Lord, that that we're not distracted by anything external, Lord God, that we're able to pay our full and complete attention on what it is that you want to do and reveal to us through your word this morning. So bless this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if anyone is in Christ, they are a what? New creation. I'm kind of like an interactive um, teacher. Okay, so you need to come up and, you know, when I, when I ask you a question, answer. Be excited about it. Bless God. Because it's exciting. Amen? Amen. So we're a new creation. 
so in our, in our born in, so what I want to do this morning is that if you're here a couple of weeks ago, I shared around a, um, the subject of logic and reason. Remember that? Um, and how there are going to be times in our lives when logic and reason just aren't going to cut it for us. All right? We have to go past what goes on in our minds and in our heads and um, really push into the faith that God has put in us. All right? we, we looked at the story of, of um, Jairus and, and uh, the woman with the issue of blood and how their circumstances were completely unreasonable. But that didn't move Jesus. Jesus was never moved by reason or logic, right? He, all, he, all he did was he, he, he operated out of a place of faith that God put on the inside of him, right? And so that's what we need to do. That's where we need to be and how we need to conduct our own lives, amen? And so the, the great thing about this new nature, and you've heard me say this before, is that we have the faith of God on the inside of us, Amen? We have the faith of God. We don't just have faith in God, but we actually have the faith of God in us. See, the Father has literally imparted into us supernatural faith. So really there's no excuses. Amen? We have his faith. In Romans 12, 3, it says this. It says that we have been given the measure of faith. Someone say the measure of faith. So it's not just a measure of faith, it's the measure of faith. And the measure of faith is his faith. That's the faith that we have on the inside of us. So it's not me like me and, and small, it's God's faith. This, the kind of faith that can move mountains. Amen? That's what you have on the inside of you. Turn to the person next to you, you have God's faith. Amen. And so, like I mentioned, this, this is the place or, or, or what Jesus operated out of. He was never, you remember saying this last, last time, that he was never governed by logic or reason. All right? He was never moved by logic or reason. And, and likewise, as believers, we are never, to, never meant to be governed by logic or reason either. Okay? We're never meant to be governed or, or moved by logic and reason. Because what, what happens then is what, what, what we're doing is all we're doing is, is being moved or, or responding to our five senses. Who remembers this? Amen? We're meant to respond like Jesus did. Say, I'm meant to respond like Jesus did. So we all have supernatural faith. Someone say, I have supernatural faith. And so what we have to do is we have to get this into our heads. Because this thing up here, all right, it, 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 it literally has a lot, or can and does have a lot of control over what we do. Who knows this? So we have to get this supernatural faith, this, this, this incredible asset, this thing that is put on the inside of us up here. We have to get our minds and our, and our reason and our logic aligned with what he has placed on the inside of us. If we're going to experience the fullness of what he's placed on the inside of us. Amen? Someone say faith. So it's super important for us to realize this because there are a lot of people who just draw on the physical and natural self 
And what happens when you draw on the physical natural self? You're actually drawing on the physical natural mind. Okay? So what we're going to do, we're going to look at, look at some scriptures, like I said at the start. We're going to concentrate a lot on um, Corinthians. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You know, quite often this scripture is, um, you know, quite often like not applied properly in this area of the mind. Okay? Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. And what I love about what I'm going to share with you this morning is that, you know, how this, uh, the, you know, what we spoke about last, last time I was up here was how we can't allow logic and reason to, you know, um, be the thing that influences how we approach things in our lives, right? But what this, 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 and what I hope you're going to get from this this morning also is that if we, we operate too much out of what goes on in our head and respond out of what we see externally and naturally, it can actually affect the intimacy and the relationship that we have with Jesus. All right? Who knows that that's the goal? To be closer to him. Amen? So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. We're going to start. And it says, I and I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And in my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power of God. Someone say demonstration of the Spirit and power of God. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of man. See, this is logic and reason. But in what? The power of God. All right, so Paul began by saying this. He, he, he wasn't just using fancy words to get people to believe, but instead he demonstrated the supernatural power of God. Isn't that awesome? It wasn't just the stuff that he meant. It would have been awesome like, to hear him like, speak. You know, incredible. Okay, obviously we get to read what he spoke okay but but would have been in in that in those in those moments hearing him hearing him preach but what he's saying is what it, this that wasn't the thing that moved or changed people's lives it was the demonstration of the supernatural power of god amen that's what we have but see the thing is we need to operate out of that place we need to be not so much talking so much but demonstrating more of what we carry and what's on the inside of us amen so you see, we have the gifts of the Spirit. And you know what the gifts of the Spirit are for? What are they for? The gifts of the Spirit are there for us to use to demonstrate the supernatural power of God. That's why we have them. He gave, gave us those gifts to use. Not to just carry around with us. But to use, to demonstrate the supernatural power of God. See, and, and what's amazing about that is that we literally don't have to say anything. We don't we don't have to we don't we literally don't have to say anything. All we need to do is demonstrate what we carry. Has anyone ever been in a, in a, you know in a, in a conversation with someone you know um I will say this but a, a religious kind of person and like they, all they want to do is just sort of like back and forth debate 
you know, this is what the Bible says, this is, you know, and, and that, you know, has anyone ever had that kind of conversation with someone before? How difficult is it? Like, see, the thing is, there's literally no way of winning that argument. But by demonstration. Amen? But by demonstration, I was, what, I was watching a little YouTube thing the other day. Um, you would have heard of Todd White, most people would have. And he was having this conversation with this Muslim guy and who, um, you know, who, who there was literally nothing that Todd could say to him, all right, that would change his mind. All right, and I've seen these these conversations before. Like people would do street ministry and, and different things like that, and I would talk to people, and and like there's literally nothing that could be said that would change their approach, change their mind, change what their responses were to the, to the person who was witnessing to them. You know, but by demonstration, to demonstrate the supernatural power of God, it's the only thing. And you know, I believe that we're in a time right now where our, our mouths and our talk and our speech and, and trying to convince people isn't going to cut it anymore. It has to be demonstration. It has to be demonstration. This is the kind of world that we live in. There needs to be proof. Is this okay? Come on. You know, and you know, like I said, so much of what is called, you know, religious is just theology and doctrine with no practical application. There's no way of no way to prove whether anything is true or not. You know, and this is not the way that the Father intended it to be. And this is why Paul was saying what he's saying. This, you know, I haven't come with fancy words, but just look at what's been demonstrated. That's the proof of the goodness of God. Amen? So Jesus came and he demonstrated what he was saying was true. He came and he demonstrated the love of the Father through what he did supernaturally. You know, Jairus felt loved. You know, the, the woman with the issue of blood felt loved because Jesus demonstrated what he came to do. See, that's, it. that's, our, that's what we're, meant, we're called to do, is to demonstrate what Jesus came to do. Not just say it. It's not like, you, you know, like, you know, when you talk to your children and, and, and you know, you, like, you literally know that nothing is going in, you know, and like you know that they're literally just hearing blah, 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 you know, like that, that's what's going in. Right? You know, does everyone, everyone have that experience? You just know, they're just not hearing a single thing, all right? But demonstration is the thing that gets through. The showing, the example. All right, it's like that, that saying, you know, uh, what is it? The picture tells a thousand words. The demonstration of. Someone say demonstration of. See, Jesus demonstrated what he was saying was true. Amen? That's a good one. Write that down. You can take notes if you like. Does anyone take notes these days? A few people. Good on you. Yeah, Jesus, this, is, this is amazing. Jesus uses this same principle when he was criticised. You know, as he was criticised, quite a bit. Ever been criticised? Yeah. 
You, know, you should take that as a good, like if you're being criticised for the things that you're doing for Jesus, you should take it as a good thing. Amen? Jesus used this same principle when he was criticised. He said this, he said in um, John 5.36, he said, If I'm not doing the works of God, then don't listen to me. Jesus said that. If I'm not doing the works of God, then don't listen to me. Come on. Well, that, that kind of emphasises the importance of the demonstration of. Amen? He also said this in John 10, 25. He said, the works that I do demonstrate who I really am. So uh, let me ask this question. Is the, the demonstration of what we do in revealing who we are? Anyone want to answer that? Come on. The works that I do demonstrate who I really am. Now, see, if we were really to apply this same principle to our lives, then the people that are around us should be able to see the truth through what they see in our life. Through what we say, they should be able to see the truth because of what they see in our lives. Amen? That's good. It can be convicting, but it's good. Amen? You know, they should be able to say things like, okay, if you're telling me the truth, then where is the victory in your life? They should be able to ask that question. Is this okay? Come on, I remember, I probably said this to you before at some point, but I remember someone say this once. They said, if you want to know if someone is a Christian or not, ask their neighbour. If you want to know if someone's a Christian or not, ask their neighbour. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. Come on. And so this is what Paul is saying here in chapter 2. And, and he goes on, you know, he goes over it and over it again in, in chapter 3 and 4. But So what, what I want you to do is just keep your finger in chapter 2. If you've got, if you've got a Bible, I hear you keep your finger on your iPad in chapter 2. Anyway, keep your finger in chapter 2. All right, and let's go to chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians. Chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians. You all right? You get something out of this? Is it helping someone? It's all said in love, you know. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 19 says, But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which is puffed up. Some are saying not the speech. See, Paul's on this. He's talking about demonstration of. Not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the what? Power, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. power. Now, so Paul was saying these things because there were people in the Corinthian church who were challenging his authority and his right to speak into their lives and, and be, a, be a leader amongst them. 
This is basically why he was saying these things to the Corinthian church, because he was being challenged. You know, he'd spoken to them about doctrine and the things he believed in, but the bottom line is, is he's saying, I can speak these things, but let's just let the one, someone say the one, the one who has the power establish who is the anointed of God. Okay? See, the, the th- he was saying to them, like, the, the things I've spoken to you obviously aren't cutting it. So let the one, God, establish who the anointed one of God is. Let the demonstration of what I've done, the things that you've seen, show you the goodness and the power of God in my life. Amen? Come on. He was on this. Someone say he was on this. All right. So in other words, Paul was saying this, I can speak about the kingdom of God all day long, but it's through the experience of its power. Someone say the experience of his power. It's through the experience of its power where the truth is demonstrated in its fullness. You're starting to get get the point here. You're starting to catch the theme. Come on. This stuff will change the world. So it's not all about words. Someone say it's not all about words. There has to be... There has to be demonstration. You know, I, I, again, I could say to my kids over and over and over again that I love them. Right? I'm sure as parents, you, you, you've done that. Like you tell your kids over and over and over again that you love them, but there has to be a demonstration of the power of my love for them, for them to experience the fullness of the love that I have for them. You getting this? So it can't just be word. Word's important. We've got to, obviously, you hear what I'm saying here? Word is important. But man, demonstration is powerful. The kingdom of God is what? It's power. Come on. So this is what Paul's saying here. I'm not just saying this stuff. I'm demonstrating it. Let's go back to chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 9. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. And he, he quotes an Old Testament scripture, which is interesting. He says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So see, a lot of people will read that scripture and they'll say, they'll say this, they'll say, well, that's, that's just the way it is. All right, that's just the way it is. We can't understand the things of God. You know, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. All right, has anyone ever heard someone kind of talk that way about that scripture? All right, so that is Old Testament scripture. But what, what we miss is that in the New Testament, remember what I started with? That we are now a what? A new A new creation. You guys are listening well. We are, new, we are now a new creation. So our, our spirit is brand new. That's what that means. Our spirit is brand new. So in the spirit realm, we've been completely transformed. 
All right, and I did a... We should have taken the lid off before. I'll get one later, mate. I like butter menthols. They're good. Um, so we've been completely transformed. And, and I, a while back, I, I guess it was like a bit of a series. I don't think I've ever done a series before. It probably was. Remember the um, From the Inside Out stuff I talked about? You probably don't because usually we forget things after 40 minutes. So I could literally like preach the same message every single Sunday and no one would have a clue. <laughs> Unless you took notes. He goes, oh, look what he's doing. He's doing the same thing. Um, <clears throat> all right. But we've been completely transformed. Someone say I'm completely transformed. So a part of – so he, he's – this is all – might be a little bit all over the place to you, but, but it's all going to get tucked in here in a second. You're right? You ready? A part of our transformed spirit is that we now also have this is amazing. All right? Remember this logic and reason stuff we've been talking about. But because we've been completely transformed, we actually now have the mind of Christ. Someone say the mind of Christ. So remember how Jesus was never governed by logic or reason? We, we've got the same ability to never be governed by logic and reason. Why? Because our new, our transformed spirit, that new creation comes with the mind of Christ. Amen. Come on. And what that means, so when we looked at the scripture, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. All right, so this is when people think, oh, you know what? You know, that's just that's it. We're not going to be able to understand, you know, the things of God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. See, that's old, that's old Testament. The new creation, fully transformed with the mind of Christ, means this, means that we can now think and understand the way he does. Isn't that great? That means that, that logic and reason... We don't have to be governed by that anymore. We don't have to be led by that anymore. Amen? 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16. So jump down to verse 16. It says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that they may instruct him? But we have the what? The mind of Christ. So what does this mean? It means we no longer are limited to not understanding the things of God. We're no longer limited to it. We're no longer limited to understanding the things of God the way that people were in the Old Testament. Isn't that wonderful? This is why Paul highlighted this. So you know what? No, things are different now. Things are different now. You're a new creation. You have the mind of Christ, which means that you can understand the ways of God. You can actually think like Jesus did because you have the what? The mind of Christ. So Paul is saying this. He's saying that with our reasoning and our mind, our mental ability, our, our senses, you know, only we cannot know God. If that's what we, 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 we default to, if, 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 that's our, if that's where we're responding from, our, 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 our logical mind, our reasoning, our senses, you know, we... we we're not going to understand the things of God. You know, it says, he, he's saying that you cannot even know God. He's saying you will not understand God. You know what? And it even, it even means this. We'll not even be able to truly worship God. If we're coming from 
that logic and reason realm. John 4, you want proof? John 4, Jesus said this. He said, John 4, 24 says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So we, if, 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 if we're operating out of, out of logic and reason, if we're out of our mind, you know, out of our mental ability, then we're not even going to be able to truly worship God. No one wants that, right? Come on. Yeah, see, a lot of people just try and figure out God. You know, that they, they, they try to have some sort of mental understanding of him. And I know you, you've, you all know people like that. Right? We can't be like, if, if you like that, listen to this message again. Okay? <laughs> It'll help you. But we all know people that they just try and figure out God. You know, they just try and <clears throat> gain some sort of mental understanding of him. You know, it's, and straight away... There's a problem. Straight, if, 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 this is, if this is a person's approach to God, straight away there's a problem. Are you ready? It's this. The problem is this. It's because Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. There's not one word in there that makes any logical, reasonable mental sense because it doesn't come from a place of reason it doesn't come out of a place of 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 seeing do you understand what i'm saying we can't try and figure out god in our head it's a faith thing if faith comes by seeing faith come now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen see that's the problem we're trying to figure god out Amen? Amen. See, faith is not just switching off your brain. Okay, we, 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 we need it. Okay? <laughs> it's important. Now, faith is not, is, it's not just switching off your brain, <clears throat> but we know him by the Spirit. Heart to heart. Someone say heart to heart. From this place, we receive revelation and the Holy Spirit illuminates, like he gets, in our, gets on our minds and explains things that we don't understand. See, it's this heart-to-heart thing. I remember how I said at the start, I was going to show you how, how operating out of a place of logic and reason all the time will, will limit our ability to access the heart of God. And the, and the intimacy in the relationship that we're meant to have with him. See, this is meant to be a heart-to-heart thing. Knowing him, understanding him, having the mind of Christ, moving out of that logic and reason, it comes from heart-to-heart. It comes from intimacy. Someone say intimacy. Romans 1.16, don't turn to it, so we, we might not get through all this if we do, but Romans 1.16.17 says this. It's got to be heart to heart level. All right? This stuff has to happen on a heart level. Jesus, you know, he, he's revealed to us heaps in scriptures. Romans 1 16 and 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the, for the Jew first and also the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, 
the just shall live by faith. And Romans 10, 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, faith comes from the heart. So when it says this, when it says righteousness comes from faith to faith, it's saying righteousness comes from heart to heart. Amen? So we have to know the Father on a heart level. Someone say heart level. To the person next to you, say, do you know the Father on a heart level? See, we cannot understand him with our mind, with our, with, our, with our five senses, with logic and reason. It has to come from a heart level. That's where the understanding comes. See, this is the major reason why people don't know him. Because we live in this culture where we've become so physically and carnally minded that we try to figure everything out. This is the culture that we live in. And bouncing back to what I said before, this is why demonstration is so important. Because we can't figure this out. Amen? Yeah, the world thinks that we, we just believe in some fairy tale make believe being. Try and convince that without demonstration. They just think that the, the Word of God, the Bible, this is the world thought. This, you, you, I know you know this, but the world just thinks the Bible is just a bunch of fairy tales. Try and convince that without demonstration. Come on. Is this all right? You know, again, I'm not saying we need to turn off our brains. Okay? We need them. But this, this, this relationship that we have from him, you know, it originates from the heart level. There's some things that we have... You know, that we have to know in the heart and it comes from revelation. And then what happens is that we meditate on that revelation. We think on that stuff. We, we process that stuff. And then what happens? It all of a sudden just makes perfect sense. I mean, everyone had that experience. Come on. Try and take that experience away. Try and be convinced otherwise. Bless the Lord. You know, it doesn't come through our minds and into our heart. It comes from what's on the inside of us. What does he put on the inside of us? Himself. Remember? Bounce back to the start. He's put his faith in us. That's, what the inside, that's what's on the inside of us. That's where this comes from. That's where this knowing comes from. That's where this understanding comes from. It's from our heart and into our understanding. Amen? This is, this is what Paul is saying in, in, in this as we keep going. In, in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, it says, Eye is not here, nor ears heard, nor has ever entered into the heart of man the things that which is God which has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. He searches all things, the deep things of God. This is what the Spirit does. This is what's revealed to us, the deep things of God. Who wants to know those things? See, this changes everything. It's, it's not an Old Testament. 
It's not an Old Testament scripture and it says, with your eye and with your ear, not with your heart, have you understood the things of God. This is where the understanding comes from, with our heart. Someone say, my heart. See, with with our logic and reason, we cannot take in and understand all that the Father is. It has to come through demonstration. It has to come through the Spirit. Someone say the Spirit. See, when when we know Him by the Spirit, we can experience the fullness of who He is. We'll keep going. Verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. And that we might know the things of God that have been freely given to us by God. See, it's through the spirit that we know him. It's not through, through our natural senses. It's through the spirit that we know him. Verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words which a man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So much in this. See, it's, it's, it's not brain to brain, it's heart to heart. This is why it's so important that the body of Christ, we, we don't look to appease people's souls with what we do and what we say to them. We can't look to just, uh, just appease people's souls by what we say to them, what we do, do, do for them. Are you, are you hearing me? This is a heart-to-heart thing. We need to make sure that we are connecting heart-to-heart and demonstrating the power of God as Paul said. Amen. Verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. This verse, you know, it pretty much it summarizes it all. It, it, it pulls it all together. It summarizes the law. With our brain, our soul, our logic, reason, we cannot know the Father. Remember, don't, you don't have to switch off your brain. It's important. We need logic and reason. It's important. But sometimes there's some things that are going to happen in our life and things that we're going to need to know that won't, logic and reason won't cut it. So with our brain, our soul, our logic and reason, we cannot know the Father. It will appear foolish because it has to be spiritually discerned and experienced heart to heart. You know, this is why being led by the Spirit is so crucial. Who wants to be led by the Spirit? This is why being led by the Spirit is so crucial in our relationship with Jesus. But you know what it's also crucial for? Our effectiveness in the world. Living, you know, we need to be living from the recreated spirit that we have and of who we are. 
living from that place. Amen? We're almost done. Give me one more minute. I've got two minutes. I'm going to give you one more minute. We We can't be led around carnally or by our five senses, by logic and reason. We have to be led by and operate out of the Spirit. Because unless we do this, the things of God just seem foolish to the people around us. Amen? You know, this is this to be to be spiritually minded is to be led by the spirit. Who wants to be led by the spirit? And this is so this is what this scripture is saying. Verse 14. Again, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So let me finish with this little example. You ready? And you would have again, we would have heard this heard this. Um, example someone's actually calling me that's okay I know that person they wouldn't know what I'm doing right now all right okay back to this everyone's everyone knows that scripture give and it'll be given to you right okay so this this is this this example of this foolishness all right so you ready given will be given to you in the natural, this seems foolish. Anyone agree? This does not make sense. Give and it will be given to you. This seems foolish. Why? So everyone, anyone got a goal financially? So every, everyone has a goal when it comes to their finances. You know, like so, you know, you might have like a short-term goal of saving up for a car or, or a long-term goal of buying a house, all right? Like, but everyone's generally got a goal. Okay, when it when it comes to their finances, this scripture says, "Given it'll be given to you," which sounds foolish. Okay, so what we want to do when we have a goal is we want to be moving towards the goal, right? You want to be moving towards the goal. So if we take a portion, this is the foolish thing. If we take a portion of what we have and give it away, then the natural mind says to us. You are moving away from the goal, not towards the goal. Make sense? That's the foolishness. We're moving towards the goal financially. Take what we have. We give it away. We're not moving towards the goal. We're moving in the opposite direction. All right? So we've just taken a portion of what we have to move us towards that goal and given it away. And if all we do is operate from a natural mindset... This seems foolish. Okay? Everyone got that? Luke chapter 6, verse 38. This is where this scripture comes from. It says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your pocket. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So foolishness would say, you're not giving your money away doesn't help you get to your goal. But the Word of God says different, right? But when the Spirit, or when we are led by the Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, it gives us revelation and we listen to our heart, we begin to understand this. This is the principle that comes out of this Scripture. That by giving that portion away, we are actually moving closer to our goal. Why? Because the Father is going to bless us. 
Amen? Amen? See, that, that you know, very raw, very simple, that's the explanation of how this thing works. In the natural, that doesn't make sense. That's foolish. That's not logic. That's not reason. You're trying to save up for something. You don't give your money away. You put it towards that goal. But you know what? When God gets on a scripture just as simple as this one, we actually understand that when we give, it'll be given back to us. God gets on it. God blesses us. Amen? He's a good God. He's a good God. Amen? Well, there's a whole bunch in there. Did you get something out of that? Bless the Lord. I'm glad you did. If you want my notes, you can have them. I might help you. Print them out for you. I've done that before. It'd be too easy. But you know what? God's good. Amen? He loves us. Amen? He really does. So I just want to... Um, we're going to finish up right about there. You can hang around for coffees if you like. You can also um, grab your, your tickets for the... Uh, trivia night, the PNG trivia night. They'll be they'll be selling those out there as well. But you know what? We'd love to pray with you. If anyone would like prayer this morning, please hang around, get some prayer. Um, we want to, you know, we just want to bless you and just partner with you and believe God for for you. Whatever's going on in your lives, Amen. But um, have a great week. Thanks for coming. And uh, yeah, when you go and love on someone. Bless you.